this uh, show and podcast, by the way, is uh, operating under a warning issued by the home plate umpires before the game, before the show. Uh, boy, there's a ton to get to out of last night's 9-6 loss to the Orioles. There's a whole lot of baseball going on. Some of it was even good. Uh, Joe Siddle will join us late. What? It really was. That was a pig of a game. Oh, seriously, man. I, I, it, Four for 16 will make it look bad. Seventh inning, that, seventh inning rolling around. I'm looking for a hazmat suit to wear. To talk about this, that in the postgame show. I've Oof. said this to you for a long time. It's amazing how bad your team can look when your starting pitcher is. Yeah. It, <laughs> it really I is. mean, it is just, they're just fighting and clawing to figure out. And then you see your manager and your pitching coach and your bench coach. And I think you're. they're just pulling their hair out, trying to figure out how to piece that together on the road. Yeah. I, you, I that think, was a golden opportunity to slam dunk the Orioles. And well, they, they yeah, didn't take advantage of it. Yeah, you know, you win that game. You got the big boy going tonight now at oh, Manoa. Oh, boy. You could be looking at leaving these guys six and a half games back. He, basically, you would have buried them. But you, you would have put room. Open. You left the door open. You would have put room between yourself and the Orioles, um, in, in, in the wild card race. The Jays lost nine to six last night. Mitch White was not very good. Uh, well, he was actually less than not very good, whatever whatever that is. Uh, but the story of the game. There's as a result of that, John Schneider had to go into his bullpen and was very aggressive in his his use of his bullpen, understanding that he was just coming off a doubleheader, and that. Uh, I mean, it was the type of game where it, the Jays were leading. Then it looked like it was going to get away from them. And you saw that with John's use of the bullpen. All of a sudden, they creep back into it. Anthony mm-hmm. Bass gets up. Uh, so John Schneider managed uh, he, he managed the game like a guy who needed his team to do more than go four for 16 with runners in scoring position. Kevin, this game should have been, it wasn't going to be pretty, but it should have been, it should have been 14-9 for the, uh, for the Jays. I mean, they had a ton of opportunities. Teoscar Hernandez, 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position. 0 for 4. 0 for 4 with runners in scoring position. 0 for 5 on the day. Three strikeouts. Uh, big double play that kind of was the Jays' last gasp. Yeah, the bullpen imploded down the stretch. But, again, 4 for 16 with runners in scoring position. Um, not good enough on a night where you're starting pitcher. Well, he's Mitch White. Well, I mean that's not a very it's not very good analysis by you. I mean, you just can't he's say his na- name and, and think he's going to stink every time he goes out there. He I mean, faced you got, fourteen you got to... batters, six three ball counts. Yeah, he's walked, not very good. Well, well just, last night he's not very walked good. Walked the number eight hitter, walked the number nine hitter. First time through against them, not second time through. Hits a batter. I, you know, throw I, I, throwing a throwing it, and we'll get Siddle to talk about this. Throwing a three one slider. To the nine-hole hitter? To the nine-hole There's hitter. a reason why that was. Like, it's he's just not trying to walk the nine-hole hitter. He obviously sure thought like. he had better feel for the slider than he did everything else. Guess and that's what, obviously though? why I know. He didn't. That and was you, he, and you I know. mean, he wouldn't. But, you know but, and I know. But if you've already had five three-ball counts by that point in the game, you might you might not have, be thinking that my slider's not that good. Anyhow, you'll throw a 3-1 slider to the I mean, come on. It's Rugnit Odor. He's 160 bazillion years old. Well, it wasn't Odor. It, it was, or I mean, uh, Mateo. Sorry. Yeah, it was Mateo. He, he, he walked uh, Odor Number nine on seven hitter. pitches. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. It's, it's, uh, how does he get better, right? He, the mechanics, he's, he has solid mechanics. 
Uh, he has good velocity on the fastball. It's decent arm side. You can tell that's sort of his sweet spot, his arm side. It's into a righty, away to a lefty with the velocity. He can go up arm side. It's just everywhere else with the quadrants of the curveball, the slider, the changeup, because he doesn't really have anything with two strikes to get you out. No. If I'm hitting off him, like I'm not fr- afraid of anything he throws with two strikes. That's why you see every time he, he can get to it. Because occasionally that ball away arm side, you're taking it. You may foul off one of them. So he gets to 0 2, 1 2, 2 2. Now what? Right? The curveball's not real good, right? It's it's the being predictable 0 0. We talk about uh, how pitchers can take their game to a whole different level. It's being unpredictable 0 0 and with two strikes. What can you throw? That means you have to have multiple secondary pitches like that you Ross can go Stripling to. Like Ross Stripling has become. I would, let's not. No, but I'm going to no, compare him to him. But what I'm saying, well, that's, with you. he isn't going to become Alec Manoa. He's not going to become Kevin no. Gossman. Best case scenario is Mitch White. Either Mitch White's going to become Thomas Hatch or he's going to become we, Ross Stripling. We get back I mean, to this. The quality to of the depth when it gets to that, you know, not so much now the, four, the, the fourth spot in the rotation because of Stripling, but in that fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh range, the quality of the depth for the Blue Jays is really not there, right? You got Yusei Kikuchi, Mitch White, and a cast of whoever else you want to throw out there. But I do like his velocity. I know he had some hiccups last night and he wasn't real good and whatever. He's throwing 3-1 sliders to the nine-hole hitter, which you should never do. Who do you blame for that? Is that the catcher? You'd be more aggressive with which button you're pushing or which finger you're putting down. For me, I think you got to blame the guy who's throwing it, right? It's, it's up to him. He's been around long enough. I thought he got three years in the big leagues. And some change this year with the Blue Jays. So, it's the good news. Like, what did you say? That they lost the game they were supposed to lose. Is that what you said after yeah, the game? Is that how you did. said? Yeah, it? I mean, there it was. I'm not. You know, the I mean, Twitter of course was, you know, all flame and and Blue Jays talk. Lots of you know, talk about how John Schneider manages bullpen. And I just asked people, what would you have done differently? Well, get Mitch White out earlier. Well, okay, so you're going to see more of what you saw after Mitch White. Well, okay, don't do that. Uh, don't put Yusei Kikuchi in. Well, you know what? Yusei Kikuchi's on your team. You, you, you're managing your bullpen for the stretch drive. You've got a ton of games coming up. Yes, you have an off day, but you got a ton of games coming up. Mm-hmm. You got that series against Tampa Bay sitting like a landmine right there. You're trying to get stuff lined up for that if you're the Blue Jays. And you know what? Sometimes the dude who makes $10 million a year ought to be able to get the eighth and ninth whole hitters out. Sometimes he ought to, or get, or get left-handed, get left-handed. I think he makes out. 12 and a half, but. Well, whatever. <laughs> 12 and a half. Well, I mean, that's more than 10. Yeah, it is. It is. This is what I say. I, I think it's for us anyway. It's very hard to come on this show and be hard on the pitching staff. The pitching staff has been really good. John Snyder using good. the pitching staff. Pete Walker telling John how guys feel. They've been doing a really good job. They've given this team an opportunity. It's the four for 16, and it's the Vladdy 0 for 5, and the Teoscar 0 for 4 with runners in scoring position, and 0 for 5 even. on the day. That right there is what it's sometimes you can't always blame the obvious. Yeah, I mean, for me, the lineup's got to do better yeah. against, you know, decent pitching. I know the bullpen for the Orioles is pretty good, but they should have had better at bats when it matters the most. Yep. And I will say this, this is the first time I've said this all year. The ground ball percentage from Vladdy is an issue now. How you fix that? What is it? Why is it? Is it? Let me ask you this. Is it he's gained weight? Is it is his bat slower? Is it he's not strong enough? Is it all of the above? Let you know, me ask you this. The people I've talked to, I don't think the, the weight thing's an issue. But, man, the ground ball thing to third and short. I, you know what? 
Why? Is it what he's swinging at? Is it everything? And for me, it would be real nice to have a hot bow and a hot blatty all at the same time. And it just, it's almost like Groundhog Day. It just, he looks the same like ground a ball lot. Day. There it is. That's well said. So I don't think you can fix it this late in the season, but it <clears throat> makes you wonder why it is. I'm going to ask this. And uh, not around the team. Do you think it has anything to do with that wrist injury? I, here's what I think to that. I think he, if if he wasn't playing every day, I would say maybe. Okay, he's playing every day because if he's if he's if he was hurt as bad, that that would cause him to hit a bunch of ground balls to third base and shortstop. Why is he playing? If you're playing, this is just the way I look at it. Yep. I'm not behind closed doors, and they're not going to tell you everything, even though I ask. They're not going to tell you everything. I just know his name's in the lineup most of the time, if not all the time, and that would tell you that he's healthy enough to go out there and give you a competitive at bat. It has to be something else. What is the something else? That's the question. Bo Bichette and Alejandro Kirk had uh, terrific games. Bo Bichette continuing his impressive September. He will join us, by the way, or he's scheduled to join us today at 11.30. Another home run, uh, double, couple of singles. Alejandro Kirk, a couple of really good at-bats. This is going to be interesting today because Alec Manoa is starting and Alejandro Kirk catches Alec Manoa. Oh, that's not interesting to me. That's no question. I know it'll be the first time he'll do, he've done it three first days time, in a row. I was going to ask you that. Three the first time you've done it, first time, I'm, let me finish. First time Alejandro Kirk will have caught three days in a row. He's obviously going to do it. He was involved in that play at the plate last night that was overturned, the lane violation. And I'm not going to get into a whole discussion about the lane violation, folks, the, or the lane violation, the, you know, giving the, the runner a lane at home plate. The rule's in the rule books. It's been there for a couple of years. Everybody knows about it. Everybody talks about it. The catchers work on it. They deal with it. Alejandro Kirk screwed up in that play. Not intentionally, but there was nothing wrong with the play being overturned. Plus, I think the tag was a little late. So I'm just saying, though, this is going to be interesting seeing, seeing, uh, seeing Alejandro Kirk not behind the plate three days in a row. September, you've been hitting well. Manoa's your guy. He feels comfortable throwing to you. He's throwing to you. You'll be hitting cleanup, I'm assuming. Go out there and get it down, get it singing. So John Schneider has been unafraid to move guys around in the order. Drop boat is sixth, right? Sixth, fifth. Sixth, seventh, I think. Bo was seventh. Uh, seventh, maybe. sorry. I Anyhow, think it was he seventh. dropped Bo out of the order from the two hole. In the two hole, we've seen Matt Chapman hit up top. Mm-hmm. We've seen Lourdes Gurriel last night hit eighth. Vladdy is scuffling. We spent one of the first things we talked about in spring training was how John Schneider was one of the coaches who wanted Vladdy to hit second. Like there was, I wouldn't say there was a split in the organization. A lot of people wanted Vladdy to hit second. Vladdy didn't want to hit second. The selling point was if you hit second, you're going to get more at bats, but John Schneider, we're safe in saying was on board with that notion. Is there any way after all we went through with Vladdy not hitting second, then John Schneider putting him in the second spot. Is there any way? John Schneider looks at this and drops Vladdy in the order. I'll, I'll only say this. It's about performance, and that's all it's about in September. Okay? If you just look at numbers. And Matt, I don't know if that'll change. Like, yeah, I'm not saying no, that I'm would nec- say- nec- necessarily oh, make Vladdy okay. better. He's, but what I'm saying is, 
it'll get somebody who's better than and, him right now an extra his, bat. In his last seven games, he's five for his last 31 with no homers and one RBI. Just by looking at that. Now, I know they'll be breaking it down till they can't break it down anymore, trying to figure out who's going to hit one through four. But I just say this is, do you look at Vladdy as the best hitter on the team? Yes or no? Yes, still do. Then there's your answer. If that is your that, answer, I know, you but can I look yourself in the mirror and say he is not the best hitter on the team, even though he's five for his last 31 I, in his I last can't. seven games. Then if the answer is yes, Who's he more is, likely to have that game where he goes four for five with a couple of home runs homers, in this team? It's Flatty. So, okay, you've answered so you my just question. An, you answered, answered your own, own question. question. There you go. John Schneider got tossed last night. Good uh, for him. And uh, we had a dugout clearing incident. Pretty lame dugout clearing well, incident well, usually, by Orioles. It's usually Jason. that way. You got a pitcher who starts it and then yeah. t- then tucks tail and runs in the dugout and raises his hands yeah. like, what, what did I do? Yeah. Well, you know what you did. You called everybody out and you just stayed out there and I will care say this, though. If he, if he, he is blaming Teoscar Hernandez for it because Teoscar Hernandez was chirping. If that's the case, it's the only thing Teoscar initiated last night because he sure as hell couldn't initiate anything. But I'm, I've been I'm, waiting I'm, for that. I'm. Initiate anything at the plate. Uh, this was everybody's reaction to the brouhaha that saw Rugnit Odor <laughs> serving as peacemaker. Oh, Rugi wants us. He wants us all to. He wants us all to love Hug each other. Out. Hug it out. Let, yeah. you know, let, let's let bygones be bygones. Where is Jose Batista? Let bygones be bygones. Let's hug it out. Anyhow, this is what happened last night when uh, the dugouts cleared after uh, Teoscar Hernandez hit into a double play. And if that's me, I'm shutting my ass up and going back to the dugout anyhow. But Teoscar Hernandez hits into a double play. Matt Chapman strikes out. Brian Baker, who was with the Jays last year, walks off the mound and makes a chirping motion towards the Jays dugout. Everybody comes out. Nothing happens. The only thing I guess that happens is uh, numb nuts, the home plate umpire. Jeff Nelson goes out and gives a warning to Jimmy Garcia for the next inning and, and then blows. Did a, you say that on the radio? I did. And then blows a, uh, you know, again, having another horrible night at the plate. Anyhow, John Schneider comes out and gets chased. I think John was more than anything else upset by the fact that Nelson was the guy that called Kevin Gossman for the buck. I don't think that's buck. what it is. I, I think, think he hates umpires. Well, he may He's hate umpires, but Jeff Nelson was a guy who, I, I'm not a big fan of the phrase ump show, but Jeff Nelson basically decided, I need some screen time. I need some screen time. And one of the things it you could see like John it. say when he came out, you could lip read, it's not about you. Uh, to which is somebody on social media, Jeff Nelson probably responded, why, yes, it is, John. It is. It is about me. Anyhow, this was the back and forth uh, as a result of the dugout clearing incident. What, what's the order? Schneider, Baker, Teo? Okay, so this is John Schneider, the manager of the Blue Jays, talking about that, that situation. I don't think it was a Teo thing. I think it was Baker looking into our dugout like he has every time he's pitched against us since, we, um, he, since he wasn't part of our team, and I think our team reacted. I'm um, not quite sure. You know, I know emotions run high for a guy that used to play for another team. So I think our guys were standing up for our own team. Um, we had no problem with anything he was doing, and we're going about our business. Okay, that was John Schneider. This was Brian Baker, the uh, pitcher of the Baltimore Orioles, who, as John Schneider points out, was a formerly with the Blue Jays, pitched in the majors for the Blue Jays, made an appearance, I should say, in the majors for the Blue Jays. Certainly well-known to everybody in the organization. This is Brian Baker of the Orioles after the game. Uh, just a just a disagreement. Um, just something that got taken too far um, and uh, probably shouldn't have come to that. But, 
Yeah, it was just a, a disagreement with, with uh, Tay Oscar, who I've, I've played with before. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it just came a little, just went a little bit too far. Did, did he just take, I mean, because you're, you're an emotional guy out there, obviously. Did he take that in the wrong way? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think everybody knows at this point I'm pretty fired up, uh, pretty intense out there. Um, and it was it was nothing towards their team or anything. It was just really? it was just kind of letting him know that I know that he's you know talking. So um, there's really no there's really no issue with the team or anything like that. And I I don't think there's any bad blood or anything like that. I just I just uh, yeah I just just was letting him know that really. Were they yelling, were they yelling at you during the inning? No, I don't think so. No, I, I like I said I was was part of that organization. I know some of those guys. Um, I have no problems with them. Didn't hear anything negative at all. Just, uh, just a personal problem that uh, I probably should have handled a different way, but just kind of came out. All right, that's Brian Barker. Hey, watch Brian it. Brian Baker. Watch it. Brian Barker. Say you're sorry Brian to me. Baker. Kevin Barker. No Kevin Barker's not. There's no way I'd ever said that to any reporter whatsoever. When it comes to, I looked in your dugout and did the. You're talking too much. Shut it, and think that I'm not. Pointing that at your team, how 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 if I'm a other player on another on a opposing team, and I'm you, I'm supposed to think that you're looking at one certain person. I give me a break, dude. And then you tuck tail and run to the dugout, and then go, oh, I didn't, oh, oh really? Boy, I tell you, maybe there's a reason why he's not on the Blue Jays team. I'm just a saying. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I just, boy, what's happening here? Ah, <laughs> oh, sorry. I don't know. This was how Teoscar Hernandez saw the situation. I'm not even know, but uh, I, I guess he was mad because yesterday uh, he hit a homer. Uh, every time he pitched against us, it was he just tried to to make a show, not even paying attention to whatever he says. Uh, when I hit the ground ball, he's standing at me and, and saying, "Yeah, yeah," like I don't know what happened. Uh, and then he strike out Chapman, and as soon as he strike out, he turned into a dugout and tired. Started talking about, the, and pointing at me, and saying that I, that I was talking too much, but I wasn't talking, I wasn't saying anything. And then he started walking, and I just react. Was there any incident at all other than the home run yesterday? Like anything happened prior between the two of you? No, I mean. When he was here, we, we actually were, we were cool, but I guess he has something in, in his mind. But I don't, I'm not going to pay attention to that. So there you go. He's got an ERA Brian Baker. of almost six in Brian the last Baker seven games. Brian Baker said that he probably should have handled it differently. He's right. He should have handled it differently. Man up. If you're going to do that, stand out there and take it you're like a man. It, like, don't, don't, do don't be... Having catchers come out there and tell you to go to your dugout and act like you didn't do anything. Yeah. Like and I always I always mention this. The problem with with dugout clearing incidents, well, first of all, they're useless. But no the problem with dugout clearing incidents at this time of the year, Blue Jays fans, we all remember Joaquin Benoit tearing his Achilles running out or calf or whatever it was, mm -hmm. running out during a dugout clearing incident in an otherwise meaningless game. Like you just don't want you don't want this. No question. And I'll tell you what I don't want. I don't want Alec Manoa who has to pitch inside tonight. I don't want Alec Manoa, you know, because Alec Manoa does hit guys every now and then. I don't want him hitting a batter and then having a, a warning issued. And now Alec Manoa is basically 
which is why Dale Scott, former MLB umpire, will join us. We'll 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 get a sense from Dale. I, first of all, I want to talk to him about the Bach call. The Bach call is driving me nuts. I went back and watched it again last night. The call in Gossman. I swear to God, Kevin, it's it, it the pitch before and the pitch after with man and base. We're the exact same thing. Maybe he farted. That's the only thing that could be different because he did everything else the way he normally does it. So I'll talk to Dale Scott about Who are you? you I just ch- got you changed. That got me really you, you mad. You used to love you some umpires, boy. How dare you, Kevin? I, I do. Talk to umpires no, that no, way. No, no, no. It's, not, wrong, it's not that I love them. But what that, are you doing? I don't Welcome like. Welcome to my side, I don't, Jeff. No, no, no. I don't like umpires. That was a guy. That was a guy who said, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to nail Gosman for, for balking. I, that was premeditated. That has to be premeditated. Anyway, I will talk to Dale Scott about that. Enough of that. But my point about Alec Manoa is that, you know, there's possibility, right? Alec Manoa has been known to hit guys. Not intentionally. He's thrown inside. I don't know if you saw the manager during that when Alec Manoa was standing up and doing whatever signing with his hands he was doing was a field, had field, field awareness enough to see what he was doing to walk over and lean up against the rail right in front of Alex so the other team couldn't see him. How smart is that? I know that's a little simple thing, but in the heat of the moment, you got to have a grown-up in the room for your manager to, to know enough that what's going around his team to know who <laughs> Alec Manoa is to be able to. I think it's simple, and you should think everybody should know how to do that. But the heat of the moment, uh, you people thinking about other things than trying to keep your best player on the pitching side of the ball to where he needs to be just to be aware enough yeah, to saw, go over and We saw Bo do that with Gossman the other day, too. I mean, too. it's just... It's, That's it's, normal. You're going to do it, but yeah, still. I've been in those. You know, I've never been in a fight like that because I care less about other pitchers, and I don't care. You hit them, run out there, and beat the crap out of them. I don't care. You're such so a good teammate. Not, well, no, that has nothing to do with teammate. Most of the time... Where's Barker? Most, oh, Barker's, of, the, Barker's most over there. of the time, the pitcher deserves it. Let's not lie about it. Most of the time. Now, the pitcher deserves to get There's club. exceptions to that rule. Yeah. You throw it. You throw it, and it hurts. So, yeah, most of the time. And occasionally, you know, you're a little late leaving your position. All right? Let him run out there. <laughs> so, yeah. But there's occasionally, <laughs> occasionally, you got to, you know, you got to be smart when you're the manager. And I just, that, that's that's big league for John to be able to stand in front of him because he knows how important today is. Yeah. For that team and what Alec brings and you know, Alec will be fired up. So it will it'll be interesting to see how he handles if there's a ball that's thrown the two same again, it hasn't been good in a while. No. Let's not lie about it. The movement on it's too much, the mechanics on it. He that, falls that a little was bit my to point. the first this base is... side. Yeah, well, I hope hopefully, hopefully there's smart guys in the room that can tell umpires, Jeff Delson, that this is probably the guy that's Ball moves a lot. Not trying to hit anybody. He understands the moment. You're not coming in a game trying to get thrown out in the first couple of innings. So hopefully smart people realize that. Now maybe I'm giving a little bit too much credit. Let's but- uh, let's before before we break and have Joe Siddle join us. Let's take a look at the standings. Um, I like you more though. Huh? Well, you're on my side, and I like it. It's about time. I've took you long enough. How about the Atlanta Braves? They're good. They've erased a ten and a half. Game deficit. They moved into a tie with the Mets in the National League East. The Mets and the Yankees earlier in the year had it all going their way. Now they both find themselves in a bit of a scrap. Not how you start, it's how I you finish. I'll, I'll ask I you this. I'll ask you this. 
Are the Braves the second best team in baseball? I think they are. And as better than the Astros? No. Second best team in baseball. Oh. Uh not I'm still not you know what? I I I put them two A with the with the Dodgers. I think the Astros are the best team in baseball, then the Dodgers and Braves. I have I have no problem with that. I think the Braves are really good. Um I picked the Braves to win the World Series. So I think the Braves I think the Braves are terrific. Uh, Braves and Dodgers, I think they could beat the Dodgers in a series. I'm not even certain it would go seven games. Wow. Okay. We'll, I, we'll, we'll I, see. I, it won't be easy. Right. But, but I, if any team has enough balance and youth and athleticism. And been there. And been there in and, this. Well, some, some of the guys the Braves this. have called up, you know, haven't. But it's, it's, it is about, you know, that, that fighting to try and win it. Yeah. There's a little something to turn over and having certain guys that are really good in certain spots. And the Braves have that. The Braves have been really good about, you know, what they're doing in their minor league system and developing. Mm-hmm. And, boy, you know, you call those guys up, you talk about Jeff hitting the ground Michael running. Harris. I mean, it's – Everybody. You can't argue the way they've handled it. No. The uh, Yankees didn't play last night. They were rained out, uh, which, if you're the Minnesota Twins, constitutes a victory. <laughs> The Yankees are 81 and 54. They're four and a half up on the uh, Tampa Bay oh. Rays. Just Rays oh. just keep chugging my along. My Rays. My Rays. My Rays. Four and a half up on <laughs> well, the Rays. Well, you can't say Ray. Your Rays. You said your Orioles. Um, Make up I'm your mind. I'm off the Orioles now. The, the Rays are one and a half games up in the wild card race tied with Seattle. Toronto is behind them. Uh, Toronto 75 and 60. The Rays are two games ahead of the Jays in the loss column. And uh, Seattle is a game ahead of the Jays. In the loss column, we mentioned uh, Baltimore 72 and 64. So this is the wild card standings. Houston Yankees, Cleveland, they're still leading. Tampa 76 and 58. Seattle 77, 59. Toronto, we mentioned 75 and 60. The Orioles are three and a half back. Uh, they're four back of the Jays in the loss column. Minnesota Twins are six out. They are, I mean, look, the Twins, Cleveland, or Chicago, one of those teams is going to mm. win the Central, and I don't think either of the other two teams will necessarily get in the playoffs. I think the I think the final, I think the playoffs. This is just me. I think the playoffs are basically set right now, in terms of who's going to be in or out. To me, it's Maybe, going to be Baltimore, will, or Toronto. I, I will. I will say that I hate to say it this way, but I think the Orioles could beat the Guardians in Cleveland. Uh, I, I do. I think it's. I think it's that yeah. wide open when it comes to moving on from the wild card games. Yeah, any, I, anyhow, I think most of those, you know, the Torontos, the Orioles could beat the Guardians. I mean, there is a way here where I, I guess if, if, if Toronto or Baltimore go in a skid, there is a way, obviously there's a way, but there sure. is a chance where both Minnesota and Cleveland could get in or two teams from the center. Yeah, I hope not. But if the Jays, this is the thing about last night's game. Yes, it was the game the Jays are probably going to lose. If you looked at this series and said, where does the matchup, where is the matchup most heavily favor Baltimore, you would have picked this game because of who was starting for the Blue Jays. But just think about this now. If you'd won that game, you would have been four half ahead of Baltimore. Then if you sweep them, you're five and a half ahead. Yeah, you still got six games left against the Orioles. But that's uh you know that that's that's a bit of a just gets back to that when you play good teams, you got to play a complete game. And when you go four for sixteen, yeah. your starting pitcher yeah. you lose. And the other thing the Orioles right now don't have anybody between themselves and the Jays. So there it is. Um but uh, that that's that's where we stand. But yeah, the National League East. It almost I would be lying if I said I'd paid a ton of attention to the National League East. But it's literally I looked up this weekend and thought, Jesus, the Braves are the Braves are right there. Now they're more than Braves right are, there. Braves are a great organization. 
Yes. That's what they are. Yeah. They got a really, really good team, but they're a great organization. They got it going <laughs> six in a row. All in the right direction. Yeah. Interesting stat though. Against teams better than five hundred. They're three games under. Uh, yeah, how do you take that? The Mets against teams better than 500, nine games over. How do you Bizarre. take that? Bizarre. Maybe a little of that's because the Braves got off to slow start. Yeah, the, I was going to say it depends on the timing. Yeah, it depends on the timing. Yeah, yeah. Like I, it's, but I, I just think it's about how you're playing now. Like like uh, the Blue Jays now because of how the, they played the last five games other than last night. Would you give them a better chance of beating a team above 500? Ask yourself yeah. that. It's about how you, it's not always the team you're playing. It's when you play them. So it's an, that's an interesting stat that I'm not sure. I, I, it'd be interesting to see how really yeah, good it, GMs look at that stat, especially this time of the year. Depends when you, it depends when you, no question. when you play those teams for sure. Joe mm-hmm. Siddle is our Blue Jays analyst on Blue Jays Central. He'll join us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The fans, Sportsnet 360. Hello, mom. The Sportsnet Radio Network and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Great daily gambling advice from J.D., Blake, and Ailish in the Fan Morning Show's Wake and Rake. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be joined by Dale Scott, former MLB umpire at 11 o'clock. Love umpires. We'll talk about this whole warning thing (laughs) and the bot thing, which has really got under my one umpire. Like I said, I just don't want I don't don't, don't want that to come up in the postseason. Well, as long as he's not umpiring, when Gosman is throwing, he's been called. Now, if first thing I'm doing. First thing I'm doing, if whoever the opposing manager is and Kevin Gossman's on the mound, first thing I'm doing, first thing I'm doing is I'm talking the home plate umpire, the second base umpire, crew chief. Watch that guy. You know, watch that guy. Jeff Nelson called. He's blocking. Uh I'm just telling you. Well, I'm sure if you're John, you're going to have the same conversation with those umpires. Say, listen, he's done the same thing all year. Mm -hmm. He's been told about it. Doesn't matter. He's adjusted. I'm just saying. Watch it. I'm just saying. Just mark my words. Big it's bad good. Jeff. It's going to come not up. Not you, Jeff. The other Jeff. It's going to come up in the postseason. Let's bring in Joe Siddle. No, it's not. Okay. I'm bringing Joe Siddle, Blue Jay Central Analyst on Sportsnet. So, Joe, Alec Manoa, first of all, thank you for joining us. Alec Manoa starts tonight. Last night's game finished under a warning. Surely to God the idiots aren't going to give out a warning before the game tonight, are they? And if they do, how does that impact what Alec Manoa needs to do? Well, if they do, Alec Manoa might be in trouble because, as we know, his ball runs arm side <laughs> to right-handed batters a lot, and he hits people. That's the way he pitches. Uh, I don't see any reason why they would do that. I don't really see any reason why they did it last night. But I just the problem I have with that, and you saw the reaction by Jimmy Garcia when he's on the mound. I think he's basically saying, "I'm just entering this game, and you're telling me there's a warning." And as a pitcher, and I know as a catcher calling a game. There has to be intent, even though there are warnings to to eject if you hit somebody, but it really can alter what you do. Like it might alter the fact that I may want to come inside with a fastball to Mount Castle now. Maybe we'll go away instead, or maybe we'll go slider. So it does all. It, it shouldn't, but it does alter what you do, and that's the part of the game that I just I wish the umpires would just stay back sometimes and let the game play out. Just because something happened, 
I think that was a different type of, this wasn't a beanball incident. This wasn't a back and forth like that where you had to step in. I think the, you know, the dust settled. It was a silly incident, whatever Baker's deal was with Teoscar. And, it, and then you just move on. But I just didn't think there's any reason for it, nor should there be before tonight's game. Joe, this is the first time I'm going to stick up for umpires. It's not umpires. <laughs> it's one umpire. Like it's Jeff Nelson, right? It's that one guy that wants to raise his hand and say, look at me. I'm the crew chief. I know more than everybody else. Look at me. I'm, on, I'm an umpire standing right behind the pitcher. I, that's... That's for me is the one little hard thing to watch is just the presentation of the way Jeff handles himself. And I hate to come on here and talk about this one umpire the way I have been because we shouldn't have to, right? We shouldn't have to have this much conversation. Why do you call him by his first name, by the way? It's just very frustrating. It's very frustrating. Well, so real quick, Jeff, your question is you always call umpires by the first name. I learned that when I first got to professional baseball in the minor leagues, let alone the major leagues. I know some people find that funny, but, oh, yeah, it's always – I mean, I'd go back behind the plate to start a game and be, hey, Joe, how are we doing today? Good, Jeff, what's up? You know, that sort of thing. It's sure. always first name. You want a new baseball age? Hey, Steve, can I get another baller? Yeah. And the pitchers will do the same. That's why Gosman called Nelson by his first name when he was talking post game the other day. But what you're saying, Kevin, I'm, uh, I'm guessing you may have had Jeff Nelson at times coming up, too, because I had him in the minors before he got to the big leagues. And I've worked in front of him behind the plate, and he was fine. He was always a good guy. He enjoyed working behind me as an umpire. And, I mean, that's the ultimate compliment as a catcher when the home plate umpire likes working behind you because generally you're doing a pretty good job giving him a good look at pitches. But what we saw in that Gosman incident, and I said it when we went to break during the Gosman game, it's like he left his hotel that day Mm -hmm. saying – Kevin Gosman's pitching the first time somebody gets on first base, mm-hmm. I'm calling a box, and that's what he did. And that's why post-game, you hear, when I heard Gosman say the words premeditated, I agreed 100%. Like, you don't just come out and do that. You know that this guy, and let's, I mean, let's preface this by saying Kevin Gosman's got a borderline box. Sure. I mean, all those little shakes and shakes and shakes, and you've got about six of them. He barely stops when he does before delivering home. But... If you're not going to address this earlier in his career and you've let it go till now, you can't just come up and call the box. So, I mean, if I'm Kevin, I'd almost maybe alter what I'm doing. Now you hate to change who you are because now you're starting to mess with your rhythm and timing as a pitcher. But, man, just you, you have to know or have to admit that this is really close and borderline. So the last thing you want to do is get called on something this, like this in a playoff game. Okay, I, th- I think we all can agree that Vladdy's had a really good year. Yesterday he went 0 for 5, but he had – Three ground outs. Joe, he, he's hitting ground balls to the pull side a lot. It's almost like uh, it's almost like Groundhog Day where you just expect him big spots, right? It's either he's – for me, it's looked like he's trying to generate bat speed to catch up the velocity. That's what I'm seeing. What are you seeing? And second part of this question, we all know that John has came out and said he'll move anybody around the lineup, okay? And I, and I just looked up uh, Vladdy's stats in the last seven games. He's five for his last 31 with no homers and one RBI. If you're John, would you think about moving him down in the order? Well, let's address the ground ball issue first. I, I did a demo earlier last week on it, and it was it was a lot of what I'm going to say right now, Kevin. You just said something, trying to generate, and I think you're right on. And what do you do when you're trying to generate bat speed? And you know as a hitter, mm-hmm. whenever you probably tried to do that, A, you were struggling, or B, you were just not in a good place physically. Sometimes you're nursing, uh, whether it's an ankle or a knee or a hip or something. And I still go back to this when he was MVP caliber last year. I think, and you probably know too, and there's a lot of hitters don't necessarily know how good they are and what they do, but good hitters, you've got to get loaded in that back hip, and you'll hear a lot of hitting sure. coaches and hitters talk about that now. When you have a strong core 
and you have a that includes that hip movement. Mm-hmm. You can get yourself into good, strong positions because that helps you now rotate around that hip and stay behind the baseball. When you stay behind the baseball, guess what that swing path does? It arches back and through, and you catch the ball out front a little better. And guess what happens? You know, Kev, you did a lot. Catch the ball out front, guess what? The old girl goes airborne, right? Yep. yep. And now when you don't have that, and I'm – I don't know physically, and we've all talked to people, and how is Vladdy physically compared to last year? Does he look in less shape? I don't know the exact thing, but if he is, if he does not have that same core strength, and now it goes back to what you said, trying to generate. When you try to generate, you don't quite get that load in the back hip, and you know what hitters do when they don't get that load? Kind of like that tall and fall. They kind of drift and fall forward a bit. Now, these are things that are, it's minutiae. It's really tricky to watch on, on video, and I've watched a lot of it but I just don't feel like he's getting that same load back there. So when you're falling forward, now you're a little bit more upright. And when you're upright, guess what happens? That ball's coming on you. You know, what do you want to do as as that ball rushes on you? Nobody wants to get jammed, right? So you try to hurry to the ball and you take that more direct path. So I think there are a lot of things at play there. And I mean, I mean, you could talk about this for hours because hitting is like that. And, And there are a lot of tiny, tiny, subtle details in there, but I just, he is out of whack. And I think the root evil of it is he's not getting that same load that would allow him to work through the baseball a little bit better. Now, in terms of the lineup, you know, do you look at the last two at-bats last night where he actually hit the balls pretty well and maybe caught him out there a little bit more and say maybe he's on to something? Sure, but hey, if Bo went from two to four to seven, why can't Vladdy move if it means, hey, we got to get you going here? So I don't think John would hesitate to do that, but at the same time, when I saw those last two at-bats last night, it makes me think, okay, maybe did, I didn't really look closely, but did he make an adjustment or is he on to something? So maybe not just yet. Okay, I, I'll ask you the same. Jeff asked me the same question that I just asked you, and I asked him back. I said, do you think Vladdy today is still the Blue Jays' best hitter? If you can look yourself in the mirror and say no to that, I think that warrants you moving him around the order. If the answer is yes to that, I mean, you live and die by your best, right, Joe? Yeah, I, so that's a great question, and uh, I think big, you know, big picture, Bo Bichette's best hitter right now as we speak. But mm-hmm. overall, who's got the bigger, higher ceiling? It's Vladdy. Yeah. So he's your guy, and you roll with him. I think this is interesting because it goes back to construction of lineups in general. Now, I think a lot of hitters, a lot of good hitters that I've talked to, like the Justin Morneaux of the world. You know, they liked their place in their lineup. They liked the 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 consistency, knowing when they were coming up, knowing their prep, who was hitting ahead of them. You know, Morneau talked about watching the guys who hit ahead of him because they're similar to him. And, you know, there was him and Maurer and that whole. So that does matter to a lot of hitters. If it matters to them, I'd be very careful. But we've seen what Schneider's done now. We, I said it last night on our show. It's like he has not – he's had that willingness to change and to do things. And while I admire that, at the same time, I guess you have to be careful. Now, <laughs> you, you pick one or the other, but I think what we've seen in John Schneider is he's not afraid to do that. So I, I can see him doing it, but at the same time, you're right. Hey, as soon as Vladdy gets a couple knocks and gets going, now we don't know if it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. He's had a nice year, but just unfortunately, it's not the Vladdy year, right? It's not that MVP-type caliber oh. year that, that he kind of set that bar pretty darn high. Joe, did you have any issue with the way the bullpen was handled last night? You know, we had a lot of calls about yeah. it in Blue Jays talk. And, I mean, I went back and, I I, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess I, I kind of quibbled a little bit with Trevor Richards. But, man, it's so hard when Mitch White does what he does and, and where he does it, you know, to run into issues at the bottom of the order. So now I got to start thinking about getting my guys ready to face the meat of the order. 
Um, that was yeah. an awfully hard game to manage, I thought. It was, and, uh, you know, again, we don't necessarily always have the information. I would have liked to just leave Bass in there. I would just like to go ahead and leave him in there. He, he cruised to the one end. That's the bottom of the order. If you can get a couple more guys, now you get now you fast forward to the seventh and maybe. I just, bringing in Kikuchi, and he was a little better last time out, even before last night. I get it. It might be a little bit better, but I don't know. It's still Kikuchi for me until he shows some consistency of having maybe being back or much, much improved, you know, bring him into a leverage game right there. I was just like, I'd rather just use Bass, even though it was Odor and then Mateo at the bottom of the order with Mullins coming up, turning it over. And I get that you bring in Kikuchi because two of the next three are lefties, but what happened? You know, slider guy gets, base hit or triple the left center gap. And then there's a bloop single, tough jam shot, and you give up a run. Um, I'll go out on a limb and take my chances with Anthony Bass there. I, I thought that's why they got him. He's supposed to be this high leverage reliever. Then what do you apparently you can't get lefties out? Um, it's just, I think it's, that was a little bit too much. Now the other thought, and again, this goes back to the information that maybe we don't know, but do you, do you leave Bass in there and then maybe he's not available tonight? And, you know, for going into a game last night where the Blue Jays were, I mean, I thought they were looking good, right? Just get any kind of game from Mitch White, and they've got all their high-leverage relievers rested, and both teams did, and that's why I thought it was going to be a pretty emotional game, maybe not like we saw, but both of them did. It's just White gets can't get out of the third inning, so it, everything's kind of disheveled. And now you go into tonight, and good thing you got Manoa going, but looking at the Blue Jays' bullpen, and now they're all kind of spent. <laughs> so it's amazing what 24 hours. I mean, sure, you got Romano fresh tonight, but Everybody else is kind of pitched. But, I, yeah, answer your question, I, I would have liked to see. I thought I was surprised to see Bass come out there. I, I was thinking, ride him out, get through this inning, and go from there. Still close. That was a big run, right, from 5-4 to 6-4 for yes. Baltimore with Kikuchi in there. Oh, that turned out to be a big one. Yeah, I, that, that was the thing that, um, you know, kind of, kind of stood out for me in, in that. I, look, I, I think John, John Schneider managed that game like a guy who expected that surely to God at some point, one of my guys will get a hit with runners in scoring position, you know, and, that, and that's no what I, I think he was, he was managing for to have his team score a big inning. And I know you, it's not like football. You don't have an offensive coordinator and you can't change game plans or that, but that that's a sense I got. I, I got the sense that it was, it was a signal of how confident he was in his lineup. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, you look across and what Brandon Hyde did. Brandon Hyde was managing that game like it was the elimination game three yeah. of the wild card. Right? Biggest game like, of his, it's the biggest game of Brandon Hyde's managerial career so far. Well, you question. bring in Dylan Tate in the fourth inning. Yeah. In the fourth inning of a huge situation, and he gets out of it. I mean, that was yeah. the game right there, Almost you could almost say, right? Yep. So, And then you look in terms of what Schneids did by taking Bass out. I'm kind of thinking, well, you're bringing Kikuchi in because it's the lefty-lefty matchup. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, I know Kikuchi's good against lefties, but I still wouldn't take that gamble because you got a righty mixed in, and sure enough, the righty hits a flip and triple, right? Yep. Like, that's, that's me. I, uh, yeah. But again, maybe because Bass only threw, what, seven pitches, now maybe he's got him possibly available today. We don't know all the details of when guys are available or not, but Bass was in there. I say use him. You got this guy at the trade deadline. I thought he was one of the best relievers in the National League, and that's why you got him. So use them, but apparently he can't get lefties out. Where you feel better with Kikuchi, I, I got a problem with that. Joe, can you explain for people like me the blocking the plate rule? Not just oh, last man. night, but yeah, it, Barker and I are just going to leave the room and let you sure. let you take over just for the sim- next ten minutes. Simplify it for people okay. like me that really don't understand it. Okay, I'll try to simplify it, Kev, by saying this. So the rule, if I'm a catcher and I, I'm going by the rules now, 
So you have to give the runner a lane. What that means is you can't be blocking home plate or standing in front of it when the runner's coming from third. The problem, I think, with the rule is you, you can't impede the path of the runner. Well, standing there shouldn't be impeding any path. As you saw in that play last night, what, what Kirk did – I thought was fine because he just slid over to his left, received the ball. Yes, in going over to his left. At one point, if you freeze frame it, and this is what I have a problem with because whoever made these rules probably has never caught because they don't realize that things happen in hundreds of seconds back there. Mm -hmm. So in moving over to where he actually caught the ball in foul territory, if you freeze frame it, sure, at one point he's standing in front of the plate. The runner's way down coming around third. By the time the runner's coming toward home, he clearly had a path to slide. So that's where the wording of the rule or whatever it is needs to change. And that's where I said it needs to be amended. Now, as a catcher, what I always did, though, on that play is I came up to receive that ball up the third baseline and kind of just stayed slightly in fair territory because by sliding back, what he risked there, and the dangerous part of it is the ball could hit the runner. You don't want the ball to hit that runner because then it deflects off and it's a live ball. So that's what you don't want to happen. So I always went up the third baseline. Now, when you do that, clearly the runner with the angle he's got coming around third has a direct path to home. So now you're satisfying, A, the ball's not going to hit the runner, and B, most importantly, you're not breaking the rule. Now, I don't like the rule. I think it needs to be amended to something more like the runner must slide into home plate. Pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Runners must slide. You can't deviate your path and run over and crush a catcher. So, because, you know, again, we talk about head injuries in sports. I think we'd all agree that no collisions is prob- it's probably a good thing now in the sport. Sure. But the simple rule for me would be runners must slide into home plate. And then the second part of the rule for the catcher is you must not block the plate. And that means sitting on your knees, whatever the case may be, blocking it without the baseball. Mm-hmm. So I say if that play were to happen and Kirk were to – field the ball or, or get down on his knees and block the path. I think the runner just slides into him and then you go to replay and they say overturned Kirk broke the rule. So that way, nobody, probably nobody's getting hurt. Still you're, you're keeping the, the safety part of the game clear there, but you don't have this huge gray area because blocking the path of the runner by sliding over is ludicrous. That's it just is. ridiculous. It's just so silly. And so I would say that Kirk did the right thing. And he did because he just slid over because you're allowed to move to go catch the ball. I mean, you, that's the whole point. And if you're in the act of receiving a throw, you're allowed to do that. Remember the Gary Sanchez one was a hair different because we thought he slid over to field the ball when he didn't really need to. (laughs) And again, there's this gray area, right? It's ridiculous. So those types of plays should be fine. As long as you're not now, we'll know, we know that catchers, what they'll try to do is they'll contrive a little bit and they'll cheat a little bit. So they'll drop that leg and try to block that plate before they catch the baseball. But to me, if they do that and the runner slides right into his leg, then you go to the replay booth and they'll say he was down blocking before he had the ball overturned. He broke the rule runner safe. So I don't think it should be that hard, but I think it's because things happen in fractions of seconds back there. And those are the unintended consequences when they make rules that, Maybe there wasn't a catcher on that on that uh, panel when they when they hey. made the rule to, to to bring this to light, right? Because that that's real stuff, right there. It happens so fast. Yeah. Uh, the by the way, Dan Connolly, the Athletic, is reporting that the uh, Orioles are going to reinstate Tyler Wells from the IL tonight, and he will start for the Orioles mm-hmm. instead of Dean Kramer. So mm-hmm. that was uh, just five minutes ago from Dan Connolly. Mm-hmm. So Tyler Wells is now the starting pitcher tonight. Uh, and uh, Dean Kramer. And I don't know if that is any carryover from Jordan Lyles or anything. The understanding is Jordan Lyles was apparently still sick yesterday and was mm-hmm. not 
even with the team, he was sent home. So uh, anyhow, there you go. So it won't be Dean, Cr- Dean Kramer starting tonight. It'll be Tyler Wells. Joe, thank you very much for doing this. Yeah, you're the best. Thanks, man. All right, boys. Have a great day. Thank hey, man. You. Joe Siddle, Blue Jay Central analyst on Sportsnet huh. with uh, you know, I, I, a clear breakdown of the... Boy, he did a great job, but I still don't understand it. <laughs> like, it's, well, it's, it's I, when do you go after he, the baseball as a Joe catcher? That's me, the thing. My reaction... My reaction to the play was overturned last night was I could see why it was overturned. Because of the Pauls in yes. the middle of the action to go get the baseball. Exactly. I get it. Exactly. But he didn't catch the baseball And that's there. what I said. Well, there's your point. But that's what I said. That's why I blamed Alejandro Kirk because of the pause. But... Hearing Joe explain it now, Kirk, I, Kirk couldn't have done anything else, basically. I don't think so, unless he comes up the line in fair ter- territory and tries to catch the ball there, but the hop's bigger. Like, you're getting yeah. an in-between hop. That's why you don't want to do but that. See, I you're just, trying to get the big hop where it's easier to catch. Yeah, I, the, the, I, the problem is, you know, I, I heard what Joe said about forcing yeah. the, the runner to slide. I don't know how you go about fixing this rule. Once you, you only get a chance to do something like this right once. You know, this is one of the problems the NFL has with its rules. It never gets it right. I mean, the NFL has changed rules, you know, pass interference rules. I mean, it changes it every, every week almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, people don't know what pass interference, hell, people don't know what a catch is now in the NFL. And when, I think when you change a rule, you change it once, and you live with the consequences. I don't like going back and, well, this year we're going to call it this. And then, well, this year we're going to call it this. And, you know, we had this play on September 4th in Chicago and this happens. So now we got to change this. This is the rule. Stick with it. Let everybody deal with it. Um, but I did hearing Joe explain it the way he did now. I'm a little surprised it was overturned. I'm not. You know, I'm not. Whatever I saw, Kirky. Paul's in the middle of the baseline. Yeah. I knew it was going to be overturned. Dale Scott is a former MLB umpire from 1986 to 2017. We'll talk to Dale about what goes on when an umpire and what goes into an umpire giving warnings. We'll also talk about the whole block thing with Kevin Gossman because I do think that that's going to be an issue that's going to come up again. Oh, yeah, you're shaking your head. You know. You know it's going to be. If you're Brandon Hyde, if you face Kevin Gossman again, you're going to bring it up. I sure am. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the Fan 360, the Sportsnet Radio Network, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.